they stay there. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Depari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Week 16 in the books, heading into week 17, because only maniacs and stupid people play week 18 fantasy. Next week, uh, we are taking a little time off, and then we'll be coming back with fantasy I always, I always screw up which way you're supposed to say the fantasy playoff stuff. Now we're in first, first fantasy season. playoffs. So you want to say playoff fantasy football? There you go. Postseason. Whatever. But correct. Post-season? Yes. Not the fantasy football playoffs because we are in them. Yeah. We are in the championship. So when the NFL playoffs begin, we'll be back with some outstanding <laughs> content about uh, – those those playoff NFL playoff fantasy leagues. Oh, there you go. A little bit worried. But walk. How are you? Let's talk about week sixteen and where you want to start. I'm here and I got a beard and I'm ready to rock. So this thing is coming in gloriously, just in time. Some of that dye came out. It's not yep. as not, not as luscious as it once not was. As, not as but I catch. Yeah, we're accepting we're accepting reality again at this point in time. But yeah, yeah, week eighteen is for like DFS degenerates. That's it. If literally you don't understand fantasy football if your league plays through week eighteen. Like it's just you don't you don't understand the logic associated with it. I have leagues that don't want to even play into week seventeen. Like there's literally guys that try and fight against it. Like, what if they start sitting guys? I'm like, no one sits people two weeks early. Like it's that's happened like once ever like in history like just spare me especially now with the only one team having to buy anymore but nonetheless this I is like what it should the, end. i like the no week 17 just because it gives you that clean season of 13 and 3 uh, and yeah. it just makes the math easier it is it is you're, a, you're, a bit of a you're a balanced guy but, yeah you're you're a balanced guy yeah you know? but um i like more fantasy football so i was you know i'm, I'm all for it give me give me the most you can <laughs> Yeah, you know, for as long as you can. Let's. I want to see a twenty-game NFL season soon. That's that's where I'm going. Get rid of the preseason because clearly, no one plays in a preseason as is, and it's already impacting the first month of the NFL. Yeah. So just just axe it all together and add regular season games. You know, it'll increase your, increase your revenue and whatever. So you'll have to you'll have to negotiate different contracts. Who gives a shit? You're just signed like a four billion dollar deal with YouTube for the Sunday ticket. <laughs> You're good. So, but yeah, we're here for week 16 review, week 17 chasing chips at this point in time. I got a beautiful text from you yesterday when you asked what time we're recording, where he said so you can talk about, uh, and I quote, um, all of my teams that were knocked out of the fantasy playoffs. I salvaged one. You sent me a <laughs> screenshot by what, 0.4 points? Whoa, wow. <laughs> Dude, I saw that. I was like, Johnny boy. Yeah. Just by the skin of your teeth. Where are we at? Uh, 0.32, as a matter of fact. So not 0.4. You're being a little generous. 0.32. So Johnny's Johnny going, get, no, no stack correction. Don't get me. Or, or in my favor, yeah. Just sit here. Get the stress about that fucking Thursday. Yeah. Meanwhile, I am. I'm. 
I'm thriving in the Premier League, Johnny. So I've, I've are you telling me I won now? Like it's not this this week. I've won my. You have another tier? week. I don't know. I'd have to look at the the bracket. There's a bracket. But yeah, yes, on the on the don't league homepage. I have not been on the a website for really for years. If it I doesn't work on my exclusively. Uh, of course you do. I mean, if you could mail in your roster every week, you do. How to get his stamps? <laughs> I gotta get my roster oh, in. <laughs> got so yes, for those of you who don't know, on MFL you could go to reports league and then playoff brackets to see what's happening in all your leagues. But That's the league walk and I are referring new information to me. <laughs> The league walk and I are referring to used to be ninety six team. It's actually less now, but the um, uh, I may be competing for the championship a week from now. Well, I'll know more Thursday when the Elias Sports Bureau uh, kicks me in the guts. And then walk, you are in tier two. No, you have another matchup to win tier two. Just never ending. You just froze for like 30 seconds there, but it doesn't seem like we lost any critical information. Total freeze. Picture, no audio, nothing. I, I put you, you froze in the comments. I was about to text you, but <clears throat> you are back. I got to keep winning. Okay. It's just it's all yeah, I do is win, win, win. But you, but you will advance up a tier no matter what because you're in Come, the, the final two. I'm coming for you, Johnny. Tier, you Premier League fraud. You're up to tier. You'll be a tier one team. I I was tier one last year. I got relegated because I didn't know about the winning in the relegation rounds. I thought I just lost. They're like, oh, no, you can still not be out. You're just in the four teams that could be. And I was like, well, I didn't set my lineup. So I lost. See, you're going to need to go on the website there and check out the brackets. (laughs) Nope. Now I just know I need to set a lineup again. So let's that's mission accomplished, I assume. But yeah, so it's a, it's a couple topical uh, aspects uh, to to week sixteen that we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss. First and foremost, the fact that Tua Tungavailoa is officially back in the concussion protocol after self-reporting symptoms to the team doctor after the game. There was a bunch of uh, individuals on Twitter that believe they isolated the play where he got tackled from behind while he dumped off a pass and you do, he kind of spins to his back and you watch his head bounce off the turf uh, again. And this was in advance of kind of his second half collapse um, where he threw three terrible interceptions um, and lost a game uh, against the Packers, including one where during his interview, he said he, I think he says he called, he called the wrong play in the huddle for his second interception. Uh, which is why I guess someone ran the wrong route or did whatever. I mean, it just seems like a lot of smoke at this point in time. All the talking heads in the football industry are saying he needs to be shelved for the rest of the year. And honestly, as someone who has Tua in far too many places, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. He should not play another snap this year because he's – You know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I do. Go, you get, you're you're the check. Get out there, son. Yeah. Um, he just they, – they need to – Error on the side of caution at this point in time. And I know right now they're a seven seed. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Doesn't doesn't matter. And I would say the same if it were my team. I mean, at a certain point, you need to protect a player. And I would hope 
that they uh, <laughs> do what's in his best interest. Uh, you know, like it's to, to until further notice type thing. But unless that is going to be tremendously impactful for a lot of fantasy teams, because there's a ripple effect. It's not just Tua, right? It's those wide receivers. It's yeah. you know the the entire offense just gets downgraded. Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable backup, but not to the degree that Tua has kind of been feeding this offense. And you know, that being said, Tua actually hasn't been playing that well the last several weeks. Um, he came out guns blazing on Sunday and still somehow, I mean, f- you know, fell apart in the second half. You know, if, if that's concussion impacted um, or not, he still, he, he was setting up to look like he was going to have one of his best days of the year um, after the first quarter. And then at, when it was all said and done, that was, that was the best of it. Went downhill from there, but, but Waddle and Hill still ate in that game. But it, it sucks because those are guys that are probably playing in a lot of teams' championship games. Maybe not so much the running backs, and definitely not your boy Mike Gesicki. But it's a it's it's a painful uh, downgrade for all things Miami Dolphins, and they were already going to New England, you know, in the elements. It probably wasn't going to be the best game script anyway. Bill Belichick probably make it ugly. At least try and mitigate Tyreek Hill in the game. So. Probably wasn't the best environment regardless, but nonetheless, it, it sucks for, for the Dolphins and for fantasy players alike. Yes, less than a year. But that wasn't even an injury, you know, that was reported on game day. Pretty much injury-free this week. The, the only one that really stuck out to me, which does it also, not fantasy relevant, but uh, New England lost Hunter Henry with a knee and Janu Smith with another quote unquote head injury. So the two guys that let you down week in and week out are both out of your lineups and they weren't in, in the first place. So that was, those are the only guys I saw Lyle Collins. If you want to go down that rabbit hole of affecting everybody else, that Mm -hmm. since the offensive line has been that great anyway, even though it was supposed to be a big upgrade this year, but he got hurt. um, And I don't think it's long-term. They thought it was his ACL, but they said it is not, but, if they think it's your ACL oh. and it's not your ACL, you're probably at least oh, missing really? a week or two. What? That it's not his ACL? I heard it reported. Uh, <clears throat> oh, sorry. It's been updated. It says, yeah, he was carted off with a knee injury, has had initial tests, and his ACL is believed to be intact. I, I read ACL and MCL initially, <clears throat> but that would yeah. be good news for him. Maybe it's just a, you know, what a sprain strain. Rather than a tear yeah, of his ACL, I mean, probably out weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, not not good for Mixon or Burrow or P Ryan if you're rolling him out there, which somehow you're still able to at this point. But yeah, then if your offensive line collapses, that kind of dings the rest of your offense. So, but that was all I yeah, had. I don't see any other injuries. Yeah, well, listen, you're bringing up offensive linemen. Lane Johnson went down with an abd. Ab- yes abdominal injury where I'm hearing it's a tear. He's done for the regular season, hoping to come back for the playoffs. So that's an issue as well um, for, for the Eagles, you know, from the run game, uh, one of the best right tackles in the league. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. So that's an unfortunate downgrade as well, much more impactful than a layout Collins for the Bengals, um, especially given how those teams operate, but nonetheless still, no bueno um, uh, as far as those two are concerned. But, yeah, not a tr- not a massive injury week, um, which, you know, I guess is <laughs> I guess it, which is good uh, as teams are kind of running full strength going into the, the championship round. Another uh, update of note, J.J. Watt is retiring after this season. 
kudos to him. He had his kid at the game for the first time, and he was wreaking havoc in the game against uh, the Bucks. He, he looked like he was 25 again, the way he was shooting the gap and making tackles in the backfield. But he just posted it. After this season, he will be done. So his game against the Bucks was his last home game, which is why he brought his kid, I guess. Uh, he's like a two-month-old. Um, so his, he got to go to his dad's last home game for the Cardinals. But, yeah, he'll be retiring, Hall of Famer for sure. Um, and now a full-time dad, I guess. So kudos to JJ for – Going out on his own terms, but not really fantasy impactful. No. Yeah, I missed not, that. Yeah. All right, from that to a you know, quick transition to our week 16 recap before we dive into some, some championship chasing players. So where do you want to get started at, Johnny? We usually go east. So we we're talking, talking to it. I guess we will go with the east, yeah. Um, I'll just stick with Miami there, keep going with that uh, train of thought. So – Jeff Wilson back from injury or benching or whatever the fuck was going on there. Raheem Mostert, uh, the number two all of a sudden. So went Wilson heavy, then back to Mostert. Now back to Wilson, not not by a huge margin, but 60-52 uh, snap share out of the backfield. Trent Sherfield, not that you're using him, and not that if two is out, you're ever going to plug him in. But his uh, all year he had been in the 60s in snap counts. Last week he was in the 50s. This week he was in the 40s. So unexplicably just not on the field anymore. And you mentioned Giseki earlier. Uh, last four weeks, Smythe been way out snapping Giseki and eight of the last nine Durham Smythe out snapping Giseki. Uh, there was a thing a week ago. I don't remember who they played two, two weeks ago. Sorry. Week uh, 15, I think. Um, Giseki was talking to the opposing tight end and was like, ah, good job out there. At least you're getting used. <laughs> So he know he knows he's not on the field and uh, probably can't wait to get out of there, um, but that's kind of it for Miami. Like you said, if Tua misses time, everyone in this whole offense takes a downgrade. Maybe I, maybe I will even. say before you get off it, I I did watch this game. I was obviously as, as a Tua starter in multiple places. Uh, the first drive where he most had three carries for thirty three yards. He was looking like he was set up to have a monster game. And he finished with like eight carries for 45 yards or whatever he did. Like they went away from him for like massive portions of the game for, for some reason, even though he looked like he was shot out of a cannon uh, to start the game. And then Gesicki, yeah, that was the Dawson Knox where he said, congrats on getting paid. <laughs> That's yeah. what Dawson Knox said. Cause he got that. Cause like he said, well, at least they're using you or something like that. Yes. <laughs> very, uh, <clears throat> that, that running back usage is very Green Bay Packery, <laughs> which is never oh, a good yeah. thing. But yeah, uh, yeah but everybody takes a downgrade of two and misses some time. Moving on to Buffalo, Singletary and Cook, fifty-eight, forty-one percent snapshot of the backfield. Cook had those few splash games. I suspect he'll have a couple or one in the playoffs that'll make people really bump his ADP up next year, but. And unless anything changes, they, they seem to trust Singletary more, even though Cook is dynamic and maybe they do some tweaks in the offseason to that offense that could Cook a little more involved. But I don't see him as trustworthy at this point, especially if you're in the playoffs. Uh, and last and certainly not least, Gabe Davis outsnapped Diggs, which he's done most of the year, just the, the way they use their wide receiver packages. However, for the first time I noticed this season, Khalil Shakir over Isaiah McKenzie, 39 to 36% snap share. I think number-wise, I think it was only two more snaps, but it might be significant for next year if Shakir is kind of emerging as the guy 
a season from now is their number three. So could be worth keeping an eye on. Maybe if somebody wants to dump them for a fourth in an in off-season trade, it might be worth rolling the dice on Shakir at this point. New England Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson, 91% snap share out of the backfield. The second most of the year. How did he reward that? Ugh. 13 carries for 30 yards, five targets, caught two of them for three yards. So ended up with 15 touches for 33 yards. Not not good in a game where they actually sh- should have featured him more, I thought. Uh, Jacoby Myers, 100% snap share for the first time all year. Taquan Thornton, 30, 93% snap share. A clear number two role for him. Granted, they had some other injuries at wide receiver, but... It's neither here nor there. I, I, I think if I know anything, those are the two guys barring any moves in the draft or free agency. It looks like going forward, it's going to be Myers and Thornton there. It, but could be a coaching change, could be quarterback change. A lot of moving pieces in New England for the first time in a long time. Nobody you can trust. And last and certainly least once again, the New York Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson got benched. For some guy named Chris Shreveler. Damn right he did. Don't even know who this guy is. Never heard of him. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but like, I I pride myself on being pretty familiar with the depth charts. (laughs) Not a fucking clue who this guy is or where he came from. Pretty sure he's a CFL guy. If I uh, had to. Didn't didn't bother to look him up either because that's how insignificant it is. Uh, Zonovan Knight outsnapped Michael Carter, 41 to 39, so not a huge margin there. Wide receiver, Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis is still their preferred number two. Both of them saw 97% of snaps. Elijah Moore, 81%. No other wide receivers even got on the field. So their three arguably best receivers were out there the most, but doesn't mean much when Chris Streveler is your quarterback. And that is how you close the AFC East on a whimper. Winnipeg Blue Bombers backup quarterback Chris Trevler. Oh shit! That's, backup. That's... He wasn't even a starter. <laughs> no, I I intentionally included the most oh, critical piece of information in that statement. He did win a Grey Cup there, though. So kudos to him. But um, yeah, it, it got ugly. And did you see Mike White's been cleared? So he's back, named the starter, and uh, Zach Wilson has been moved to, like, the inactive list, I think I read. Like, not inactive, like, done for the year. Like, not not done for week 17. Yeah. There's a list where it's, you're not coming back. Like, you're not hurt. You're just not playing for us again this did, year. Did you see his gift for the offensive lineman? It's a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah he bought them all uh i thought it was weird you like motorized i don't even know what the hell to call them you ever see those like uh those those scooters you would take on like a golf course you're talking about like a hoverboard no there's a golf course it's it's like a golf cart scooter it looked like that but it's a motorcycle version of it oh so they have uh, it's it's a terrible gift because I think most NFL contracts, I don't think you're allowed to drive a lot of that bullshit <laughs> in the first place, but they're, they're not like fast. They'd be goofy to like probably be fun to drive around the, the campus when you're in like preseason, but college. Yeah. But they stink. What a, what a turd. <laughs> the guy can't do anything right. No, no. Well, he can do one thing right. Wow. Well. 
Yes, none. none pertain to the death. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Here is the mine. Division leading, still best record in the NFL, 13 and 2. Philadelphia Eagles did not have Jalen Hurts for what it ended up being a pretty competitive game with Minshew under center. Um, too many turnovers. Um, and that's ultimately what, what did us in. Uh, and I think you can just throw out, you know, everything that occurred in that game. Unless Minshew starts again next week, which everything I'm reading is Jalen Hurts wants to play. Uh, Sirianna said, if he's cleared, he will play. I believe he will play this week. They want to beat the Saints, and then they can sit him again next week if they want. Um, but if Minshew starts again, Devonta Smith is a top 10 wide receiver. I mean, he is clearly Minshew's preferred target 12 targets in all eight for 113 and two for a slim reaper not that aj brown had a bad week it just seemed crazy quiet that he somehow had eight targets and had six for 103 yards and i watched every snap of this game and there was points where i was like is aj brown on the field and he still ended up with a decent line uh 16.3 ppr points but devonta smith is making all the the wow plays getting all the touchdowns seeing far more targets Clearly, Minshew likes him some Devonta Smith. Unfortunately, Miles Sanders saw the volume. He had 21 carries, which was tied for his second most of the year, but he had little room to run um, against a defense that was challenging Minshew to beat him. And then Goddard, you know, really didn't pop in his first week back, um, uh, unfortunately. But better things to come for my Philadelphia Eagles. On to those Dallas Cowboys, now 11-4. and four. Dak Prescott has played nine games since returning from injury, has 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, threw another one, which was a pick six uh, in this one. Played much better, threw for like 350-some yards. CeeDee Lamb was open all day long, but still, Dak is turning the ball over a ton. Um, CeeDee Lamb's day, how good was it? 10 for 120 and two touchdowns. I mean, just uncoverable, it seemed like. Uh, and you know, clearly he's a top five dynasty and redraft wide receiver. You're starting him everywhere for those Dallas Cowboys over the last five weeks snaps for those running backs. Tony Pollard has had 193 snaps. Zeke is at 183. They are splitting the baby and making it work. Both these guys are being productive, you know, in spite of my desires to see Tony Pollard retain that bell cow role, but it's just not going to happen. Zeke's healthy enough. He's going to, you know, he, he's going to log the carries that, that they need him to have. He's getting all the short yardage work. So he's getting tons of red zone touchdown opportunities, but what Tony Pollard is getting is targets. His last three games, he's had five, five and eight targets respectively. So both these guys are startable um, in, in your championship week. If you're still there, especially on the short Thursday night against the Titans where, they should find themselves in positive game script and using their running backs pretty heavily. Um, I, I like leaning towards running backs on those Thursday night games. So this would be the perfect time to, to lean into those two guys. Did you, <clears throat> I missed the beginning cause I was still uh, on mute choking over your Zach Wilson joke, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you see the whole game? Did you watch it? The Eagles game against Dallas? Yeah. 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 All did right. you see, there was a play. Tony Pollard didn't get in the end zone. He get, he got a handoff. He was on like the five. He looked like a rocket ship. Somebody in the Eagles came up and stuffed him at like the one. But it was it was the most impressive non-touchdown I've ever seen. I mean, he was flying. He looked like the fastest guy I've ever seen in my life. He got the ball, paused like a second, and saw an opening. And, dude, he was a fucking blur. Yeah, it's like he floats. 
It was like it his was, feet don't touch the ground. Yeah, he's yeah. He's I couldn't believe what I saw. I was like, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, I am so interested in where he ends up uh, next year, because right, I don't know that it'll be Dallas unless they're okay. Well, let's let's Kansas. say right now season ends. What do you? What would you be willing to trade with all the mystery involved to acquire him for next year? Um, if I'm a contender, I'm probably willing to move a late first for him. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, early second. So what's, what's yeah, I mean, early second all day, but assuming it's not mine, I don't know if I'm a bad team, if I want to get an unknown aging running back, but I do believe <laughs> in him. So if I'm a contender, yes, I'm investing in, in that unknown because if he stays in Dallas, he has a ton of value. If he ends up elsewhere, I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be worse, but I'm going to, I'm going to believe that it will be better. And he'll at least be the 60-40 side. Well, don't uh, you think? I mean, if play. he he's either getting guaranteed a starting job, come here, you're our starter, or he just returns to Dallas and keeps the same role, which has been outstanding for fantasy this year. Well, listen, Chase Edmonds got guaranteed a starting <laughs> job too. You know, with the money he gave for Miami, and he fucking got gift he wrapped. Stunk, he stunk <laughs> himself <laughs> out of it. Yeah, I don't, well, he, yeah, I don't disagree. His way out of it. <laughs> I don't, I don't disagree. Has red flags. I don't think Pollard does. Pollard's all green flags, in my opinion. That dude is awesome. Yes, but so I did see that, unfortunately. But let's keep this train rolling onto those eight, six, and one New York Giants. Uh, Saquon's been solid the last three out of four weeks. Had one dud in the middle, but fourteen for eighty-four and a touchdown with ten targets, eight for forty-nine receiving in the game. Just compiling. Beautifully uh, for Saquon Barkley owners at this point in time. Wide receivers, Isaiah Hodgkins, anyone? Uh, 11 targets, eight catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. And then my boy, Richie James, who only disappointed the one week I started him in a Scott Fishbowl, saw 12 targets, eight receptions for 90 yards. Those three, Saquon, Isaiah Hodgins, and Richie James, accounted for 80% of the team targets in that game. That is just unreal that. Outside of Saquon, those two names are being listed as target hogs in an offense that threw 41 times. From them down to the commanders, who are still technically in the playoff chase, 7-7-1. and one. Carson Wentz played 26% of snaps and compiled an 123 passing yard and one touchdown stat line in his time in the game. Ron Rivera has not come out and named a starter yet for this week. I would like to see Carson Wentz get a couple games because no disrespect to Taylor Heineke, but... He's not the answer, and he's not taking you anywhere. You have to win around Taylor Heineke, uh, unfortunately. He's just that, like, gritty guy. You know, he's a gamer. You know, Carson Wentz is the superior quarterback of the two. People want to believe it or not. In the game where Ron Rivera got smoked, these are the snap counts. Antonio Gibson, 29%. Brian Robinson, 44%. Jonathan Williams, 27%. I. Isn't in this a script where Antonio Gibson is supposed to play more? No, he played roughly the same amount of snaps as Jonathan Williams did in the game. It's it's getting unbearable uh, as a Antonio Gibson supporter. Yeah, I ended up I needed him a few weeks, and I, I kind of thought oh, this game is shaping up for a, a good spot for him. And I'm I bet it's the great. It's the greatest. It's the bestest. 
Yeah, so I, I benched him. I said, you know what? The odds are. <laughs> oh, you want to get? Yeah, you did the, the old, the old double. Ron work. Rivera is gonna fuck me. So yeah, I, uh, I benched him, and I, I was pleased with my decision. Let me explain to you how exactly Ron Rivera does that. Well, he says, Brian Robson, you're going to be out there for 32 snaps. Okay. But in those 32 snaps, you're going to get 23 opportunities between your carries and targets. So if you're on the field, you are 100% rough math getting the ball. It's insane. If he's on the field, he's touching the ball. It's like, how don't opposing defensive coordinators understand this at this point? Ron Rivera loves Brian Robinson, even if we don't. And then last, Jahan Dotson. Last three games, five for 54 and a touchdown, four for 105 and a touchdown, six for 76 and a touchdown. Jahan Dotson is a explosive playmaker in this offense. And I am going to say, no disrespect to your boy Terry McLaurin, by this time next year, he will be the preferred wide receiver in Dynasty for the Washington Commanders. And and look, if they have a competent quarterback a year from now, that's good for both of them. I sure. mean, make Dotson the one and give – McLaurin would be one of the NFL's best number twos if Dotson takes the next <laughs> step up. So yeah, give me that all agree. day. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, there's a lot of teams that have two alphas, right? You look at a, a Jamar Chase and a T. Higgins. You look at a Jalen Waddle and a Tyree Kill. You look at an A.J. Brown and a Devonta Smith. I mean, there's different yeah. calibers, but, yeah, it's not. It's that's not an indictment on the other receiver. I, I just think Dotson just does – he has more of that explosive component to his game. Terry McLaurin is more of that technician. So maybe he ends up being a compiler, which nothing wrong with it, you know, a, a Keenan Allen type. And John Dodson's, you're in the Mike Williams to Keenan Allen, where he can do it on three catches, where Keenan's going to take eight or nine to, to get there. But Which, yeah, it's good. Point, I mean, that's point. good for fantasy. Yeah. I like yep. it. I hope you're right. Yep. yep. So that's my East. It was, it was very, very short for me because I literally, I was literally, I'm, I'm spitting stuff into the garbage. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have been. All right. Uh, well, you wouldn't have heard nothing. It was just me hacking into a trash can. All right. So Fantastic. going uh, east, I guess we'll go west today, starting at the top with the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco actually, and I just a gut feeling, had no real indicator. After McKinnon hit his big week, I thought this seems like a Pacheco week. He did outsnap him 49 to 47%, did see 14 carries to McKinnon's five, but most of the damage for McKinnon was done through the air. Only three targets, but he caught all three for 31, got in the end zone. Pacheco, two targets, caught one for 32 yards. So he actually had more yardage than uh, McKinnon through the air, but uh, McKinnon just had more volume. The, I, I'm happy playing both of them throughout the, the playoffs and even next week for championships. Uh, at wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, 83% snaps here. Justin Watson, second with 74 the Scantling, only 43%. Uh, Tony came out of nowhere kind of with 30%. And Sky Moore, 21%. If Moore can't get on the field over Justin Watson, uh, big red flag, right? Justin Watson's got a serious case of the dropsies, too. That dude is, yeah, I think they, he's they the don't, NFL leader in drops, and he's still, Sky Moore still can't take his chair I mean, at the dinner table. Yeah, 21 to 74% this year. I mean, Tony, he's got the draft capital, granted, not from them, but 
He, he was talented enough to be there. Valdez Scantling, you can see why you squeeze him on the field as your big play guy. But yeah, if Moore can't get in there ahead of any of these guys, he's just not good, right? No, <laughs> no. Don't, don't trust Western Michigan wide receivers. That's what we're learning. Uh, hmm. Moving to my backyard, Las the Vegas Raiders. Baylor. The new Baylor. Yeah, uh, I will happily buy that. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Hunter Renfro, been back for two weeks, right around that 47% snap share both weeks. The biggest losers been Keelan Cole. Uh, Hollins and Adams are not losing snaps to Renfro. Waller, 40% snap share to Foster Moreau, 68%. I didn't see anything about an injury tweaking it, so he came down a little bit from last week. And prior to injuries, the, the Raiders kind of just were sticking with one tight end. It was all Waller until he got hurt. When he was hurt, it was all Moreau. They don't typically interchange the two tight ends, but they've been doing it since Waller's back. So something to keep an eye on, see if there any news reports, if that changes. But Waller's still the big play guy if you need a tight end in the fantasy playoffs. No one is going to begrudge you for starting Darren Waller over some of these other bums. Chargers played last night. Don't have any snap stuff, but just looking at touches, Eckler out-touched Kelly. 18 touches to Kelly's nine. Uh, not touches, sorry. These are just carries. So Kelly's still more involved in the running game than we'd like, but Eckler's still getting the end zone, so it does not matter. Keenan Allen, monster 14-target game, hauled in 11 of them for 104, so he's still the preferred target. But like you had mentioned when we were talking about wide receivers earlier, he's going to be the more compiler where Mike Williams is the explosive guy. But if you need points, you could trust Allen's the one if you – are in a hole and need an explosion, probably go with Mike Williams. And last, and certainly least, as shown by their performance this week, the Denver Broncos, who were absolutely murdered by the horrific L.A. Rams. <laughs> uh, they, they were just terrible. Uh, every, every, every place you can be terrible on a football field, they sure did it. And, uh, and inadvertently, they are single-handedly leading to what is potentially a monster rebuild in Seattle because mm. all these picks through the duration of uh, <laughs> Russell mm. Wilson's career that Seattle picked up from Denver are looking like they're going to be high picks because they fucking stink. Uh, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Edmonds back from getting banged up a little bit. Saw 42% snap share out of the backfield. Latavius Murray, 46%. I don't think it's as close of a split as it looks like. I think the game just got out of hand, so they wanted to get him some work to see what they got potentially going forward with him. Uh, I think he's got a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. So Latavius Murray's somewhere in his mid-30s, so it's worth kicking the wheels on Edmonds. But if they're in a competitive game next week, I think Murray is the back to have. Wide receiver, Judy, 90% snap share. Sutton, 79, coming back from injury. And somebody who I think is worth keeping an eye on if they keep him there, Freddie Swain had a decent run with Wilson in Seattle. So th- there is kind of that familiarity between a receiver and a, a quarterback. I could see a year from now Swain being their three and getting more usage than most threes just because Russ knows him if he stays and if you know they change the offense or whatever's going on. There's a lot of moving pieces here in Denver. Just someone to keep an eye on in the offseason. And Dulcich has become their clear tight end one, 67% snap share. But again, one of the NFL's worst offenses, if not the worst. Can you plug that guy in week in, week out? No. Do I like him as a long-term dynasty tight end? Yes. But 
this year and next year might be whew, rough sledding for all these Broncos. And that concludes the West. You said Broncos in a competitive game in the same sentence. So just like it noted that that's an oxymoron. And well, the they defense have keeps them in. They have to head to Arrowhead to get turned inside out by the Chiefs in week 17. So, and listen, the same defense just like Kenny Makers run for three touchdowns against them. So I'm not really sure. I think that defense is giving up, giving up on Let's Ride Russ. Um, and also, I wanted to note Keenan Allen, who I love. His last four weeks, Keenan Allen has saw 14, 14, 9, and 14 targets. And a boy's consistency. All right. From your west to mine, starting off with those 49ers, CMC played 75% of snaps and actually had a dud game. He scored a touchdown late. He was dudding out for his fantasy owners. Ended up 14, sorry, 15 for 46 and a touchdown, two for 12 receiving. I mean, still okay. I mean, was it like 14 points? But it could have been ugly if he didn't get that meaningless touchdown. Meanwhile, Jordan Mason was active but didn't log a snap. I don't know why, or didn't like a stat. Um, meanwhile, Tyrion Davis-Price played 25% of the snaps, nine carries for 30 yards in the game. So don't really know who the handcuff is. Not that it matters at this point in time. because what, what I heard on the radio was Davis-Price is the preferred backup. Uh, <clears throat> he was still not fully recovered. Mason was uh, in the game because of his special teams prowess so unless yeah. davis price gets dinged up again he should be the rb2 okay yeah i mean that's always what i've keep been telling myself but that didn't seem to be translating <laughs> for, for a period of time so um hopefully we'll see more tdp meanwhile george kittle the last two weeks Four for 93 and two touchdowns on five targets, tight end one overall. And then this past week, six for 120 and two touchdowns on eight targets, tight end three overall. We'll get to that later. But top three tight end with Brock, big cock Brock, just sliding him some kittle. Me and no other wide receiver is startable with Debo out. Doesn't matter. I mean, Ayuk isn't getting you there. You're clearly not starting Juwan Jennings or your boy Ray Ray McLeod or anyone else. I mean, it's literally CMC and Kittle. That, that's it for this offense. And Debo won't be back until the fantasy football postseason. So from them to your Seattle Seahawks, seven and eight. Tyler Lockett, broken finger was out. And Laquan Treadwell, not Marquise Goodwin, who did miss a good chunk of the third quarter with a wrist injury. Played the most snaps at 65. Laquan Treble, wide receiver two for the Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, Ken Walker was limited to 53% of snaps in the game with DJ Dallas accounting for 46%. It really didn't limit Ken Walker. 26 carries for 107 yards with another two receptions for two yards. He had 28 opportunities on his 40 snaps. So he's another guy. He's like Brian Robinson-esque. Just He's on the field. He's touching the ball. Um, and he's been playing heavier snaps. So even when they're limiting his snaps, he is he's getting the ball when he's on the field. Lastly, Noah Fant has scored a TD in three or four games, had a goose egg in the other, but he has been fantasy startable down the down the stretch. And if Lockett continues to be out next week, which I assume he would be, Fant is startable in your fantasy football championship game. You mentioned the LA Rams when you were talking about your Denver Broncos. And I don't know what to tell you. Five and ten, honest question. Is Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback in LA next year? I am going to go with yes. I mean, it's possible Matt Ryan or Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford is done, right? I believe it's likely. I mean, he's he's got a chronic back injury. He's got numbness in his appendages. Like, 
He does. He's got his Super Bowl. I think I I'm going yes. If you I, if you had me to put money on Stafford retiring, I would bet on the yes he's retiring. If you ask me who their quarterback is next year, I'm going to bet on Baker Mayfield because look they they have gotten rid of their draft picks over the last several years at a feverish pace. They have no one. They're 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 in no position to ever bring in anybody who can be an impact guy from the draft from day one, right? I mean, I don't think they pick again to the third round, if I'm not mistaken. That's so about right. They have a guy who's a former first overall pick. He seems to be – I mean, shit, he came in with two days of practice and won a game. Now he won another game. The If, if he can get on the same page with McVay, and I think they also know they're in a – I don't know, probably three-year window of kind of sucking. They sacrificed their future to win that Super Bowl. There's a chance Stafford is retired. There's a chance Aaron Donald retires. So Baker's enough to keep him hanging in there till three years when they can draft his <laughs> eventual <laughs> retirement with a top <laughs> 10 pick. So, I mean, if you read all the tea leaves, it all seems to point that direction. It really I, I does. I mean, and supposedly McVeigh was really impressed by Baker in like the pre-draft process, and like they they were on a plane together, like going to the combine and talked for hours, and like this is like now like the big story with him and Baker, and they're making the offense look competent with him there. You know, even though they're dealing with spare parts, they don't have most of their talent. You know, no. they have a crap offensive line, and he's you know he just. Buried Russ in the Broncos and sent Nathaniel Hackett packing. So I think it's possible. Now, is Cam Akers a starting running back there next year? Well, 76% of snaps and 75% of snaps the last two weeks would, would indicate he is. He had 12 for 65 rushing with three for 35 two weeks ago. Like, re- very productive stat line. That's 15 touches for 100 yards for the math challenge. This week, 23 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns with another two catches for 29 yards. Showing some explosion. He's handling the workload. Maybe it was just a took longer than people wanted with the Achilles type thing. We may be talking about Cam Akers as an RB one again next year in this. You're offense. right. But there was that whole, you know, attitude adjustment. Don't even come back. It works. It, it works. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it worked. Maybe it did. It's hard to, it's hard to I mean, forget I, that that would happen. The whole thing is a mess. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I, I would I would love to know the whole story, you know, be a fly on the wall for those conversations. But listen, he's they, they put it behind him and he's being productive. Lastly, Tyra Higby, the last two weeks. Oh no. Four for twenty-seven and a touchdown two weeks ago. Nine for ninety-four and two touchdowns. Tight end two overall this past week. I mean, just wow. Like Tyler Higby, you know, off the top rope. Just winning people fantasy weeks if they were starting them and given the state of tight end. If you were still in the playoffs and you had Tyler Higby, more than likely you were starting them. And he just crippled your opponent. So that's your your fighting LA Rams. And then lastly, the trash bag Arizona Cardinals. And when I say trash bag, trash McSorley targeted DeAndre Hopkins 10 times for a one for four stat line. And that one pass was intentional. 
I watched his game as well as fantasy <laughs> implications. As they came on the field, it was the first play on a drive. Trace McSorley, as he was walking past him, looked at him and like gave him like a wink and a nod. And then they just ran through him like a smoke route right outside so that he could get a catch so he could continue his streak of games with a reception. It was it was so terrible what happened. And the teams that I had, DeAndre Hopkins, paid the price dearly. Now, meanwhile, Greg Dortch saw 11 targets, caught 10 of them for 98 scoreless yards, and had another three carries for 25 yards rushing. I loved Greg Dortch coming out. I just thought he was undersized. He's bounced around a little bit, but he could really work in the slot for the, you know, the Cardinals. So as long as they have Cliff Kingsbury are going to run four wides with double <laughs> slots. So even with Rondell Moore coming back, there's no reason that Greg Dorch can't see the field for a fair amount of snaps. He's when he's playing, he's producing for this Arizona Cardinals offense. We'll talk more about that later. And then lastly, James Conner, 97% of snaps mm-hmm. tied a season high 74 snaps overall work horse game for him 15 for 79 at a touchdown including seven catches for 41 yards receiving he was their entire offense and he just kept them in the game until late when they finally spit the bit and then lost to the bucks in overtime it was ugly but connor got you there and uh that is my west yay yeah. <laughs> uh, it is it's fun looking at some of these bad teams and i'm gonna when we get out of here just you're mentioning higby having this big explosion i'm gonna look when we're done and put out some tweets about who carry who's carrying teams into the playoffs and through the playoffs and just a quick glance i'm, I'm suspecting it's much like we were saying i think two weeks ago and, and, and last week again and i'll say it again this week championships are going to be won by some of the worst <laughs> guys who suck this whole season and get the players that got you there are out. I mean, I, I pulled out that one win with without hurts, just luckily by the skin of my teeth and all the good teams I have, all my players seem to be missing now. So yes, yeah. fascinating works. time to be alive. Build case your depth. Case. Yep. Interesting case. Depth and handcuffs people. All right. Let's see. Let's go to, the North, AFC North, Baltimore. It's hard to put any stock into any of this stuff without Jackson on the field. You know, different quarterback. Dobbins played 42% of snaps out of the backfield. Gus Edwards, 40. And this week, Justice Hill was the number three at 13%. Uh, <laughs> got a fantastic gift in the locker room, if anyone saw that on Twitter. Um, why, tight I'm end. Mark, didn't come from Zach Wilson. Well, could have been. <laughs> they, no one on tape would admit Nobody wanted to say where that gift came from, so it is possible. Um, <laughs> tight end was split as even as it could be between Andrews and Josh Oliver. Both had 81% snap share on the field, probably largely driven by Devin Duvernay being out with an injury. Demarcus Robinson was their top wide receiver, only 54% of snaps. So they were running Tons of two, three tight end <laughs> sets. Robinson, 54%. Newly acquired Sammy Watkins, 33%. This counts as his first game, did nothing with it. And then Deshaun Jackson, 29%. Baltimore is just ugh, floating aimlessly. I mean, that's their wide receiver core now. Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and Deshaun Jackson. So, so Sammy Watkins did nothing with it. He caught his one target for 40 yards and was the second leading receiver on the team. So... 
I, I meant in terms of <laughs> we are used to seeing from Sammy's first game. <laughs> Would have liked a little more. But, hey, five points. He did better than a lot of established guys, right? He, he outscored DeAndre Hopkins, that's for sure. There you go. So moving moving on to Cleveland. Uh, but, yeah, real quick, just Baltimore. You can't – this offense is the shell of itself, what it was intended to be when the season started. Injuries at quarterback and wide receiver have – Rendered everyone useless. Uh, Cleveland, Nick Chubb, only 53% snap share. His fifth lowest of the season. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 47%. Did not do much with it. Their wide receivers all stunk. Nothing interesting there in snap share. It's Peoples Jones, it's Cooper, and then Bell has emerged as the number three when he's actually there on the field, but they didn't do anything. Cincinnati, Mixon and P. Ryan saw 49-41% snap share split uh, without Hayden Hurst. Mitchell Wilcox starting at tight end. Not a bad day. Uh, Six for six, only 35 yards, but in tight end premium. If my math serves me correctly, that's uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 points. So they 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 used Hurst. They're going to use Wilcox if he's out there. If you've been streaming tight ends, he's probably not one of the worst pickups, assuming Hurst is out again, if that's what you need to do. In a fantasy championship, if you've been streaming, he is potentially useful. Wide receiver, <clears throat> Jamar Chase, 98%. Higgins, 88 Tyler Boyd, 51 I didn't see if any of them got banged up in the game because somehow Trenton Irwin got out there. Also could be a product of Hurst not playing, but Trenton Irwin was out there 45% of snaps. Four targets, caught three for 45, got in the end zone twice. So that name, boom. Yes, since the Jamar Chase injury has floated around, kind of seen his targets and snaps waver up and down. But he, for whatever reason, Burrow seems to like him, especially in the red zone. Could be worth a stash in best ball a year from now, but just a name to keep on your radar. Trent Irwin has three separate games this year with at least 42 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. As their wide receiver four. So I, I'm telling you, Burrow likes him. Burrow yeah. likes him. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's like, weird. Is Boyd gone next year? Wondering what that contract looks like. We could be seeing a Trent Irwin, you know, coming out party. Certainly possible. Uh, and moving to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris, who we've <clears throat> written off for dead a couple times this year. 72% snap share, his most since week seven and fourth highest snap share of the year. Uh, also, George Pickens, 81% snap share, his fifth highest of the year and his most since week 11. So I don't know if they're just kicking the tires to see what they have in both of them as the year comes to a close. Hopefully that's the case, and they both get used heavy next week for my own selfish personal reasons. But unfortunately, this offense just is not very good. So even if they're getting out there, it's not a, a – a big explosion for fantasy, but we've been talking about it kind of been the theme of the show, talking about the, the difference in explosive receivers and the consistent guys. And it's kind of the same thing in Pittsburgh. I mean, Pickens always has a 80 yard touchdown in him with a fantastic catch somewhere else. So the upsides there, can you trust them week in and week out? I have not, but luckily I've, I've plugged them in in the correct weeks when I should have. And, and Harris, they, their offense is going to go through him a year from now. I, I know people didn't like him coming into this year, and those same people won't like him next year, but he's the, the main folks that offense as far as I'm concerned. But that's it for the North. 
Yeah, so speaking of your north, that game was flexed into the primetime spot in week 17 where the Steelers will have the Baltimore to face the Ravens with a game total of 36 points. <laughs> that's that's this is what we're talking about at this point. And they flexed out the Rams-Chargers game to battle for L.A. and moved that to uh, 425 Tyler Huntley versus... Yeah, I'd much rather Rickett. watch the Rams and Chargers indoors than watch the Steelers Ravens on prime time. But there's there's playoff implications to the Steelers Ravens. There's only one team making the playoffs in LA, so I guess I get it. So your north to my north. Um, I was going to say something about Steelers before I went, but I totally forgot about one to they bag stink. on me. But I <laughs> oh, that game was terrible. That 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 the Raiders uh, Steelers game was, it was just a disgrace to, to viewers uh, alike. Um, <laughs> man. So my NFC North Vikings, 12 and three. So we're going to go at playoff push Kirk cousins last three weeks, 425 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, QB six overall last week, 460 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, QB two overall this week, 290 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, QB five overall Kirk cousins is doing exactly what I thought he was going to do this year. It took him a little while. He's had some duds. But this is the Kirk Cousins I was hoping to get. And now he heads to Lambeau Field for a pivotal must-win game for those Green Bay Packers. This is exactly where Kirk Cousins is going to let me down. I just <laughs> see it as clear as the day is long that he's going to throw for like 182 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's I just uh. – I feel it in my bones, John. My, now my opinion after Thursday, after Thanksgiving, I said there's this is the game where he's going to let everybody down. That's a big spot. That Thursday night Thanksgiving game is one of the marquee games of the year, and he showed up. So I'm I have gotten rid of my fear of uh, big game Kirk. So I, I'm I, I I'm listen. I wish it was in Minnesota. That would at least make me feel a little better. Uh, I'm not feeling frigid Lambo because that had that did impact games this past week this cold weather and I can't think it's gonna be any nicer next week but I am starting them so we will see Dalvin Cook continues to play heavy snaps his last five weeks snap raw snaps 59 51 55 77 57 he's getting the work didn't pay off this last week 14 carries 64 yards three catches for 13 yards no touchdowns it's not been the best fantasy finish for Dalvin Cook owners meanwhile Justin Jefferson I read off Kirk Cousins stat lines. Well, how does he get there? Well, it's Justin Jefferson. Last three weeks, 11 for 223 scoreless yards, 12 for 123 yards and a touchdown. And this past week, just to add a little bit, 12 for 133 and a touchdown. He has been unbelievable the last three weeks. And then you add this cherry on top. TJ Hawkinson smashes 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns, tight end one overall. The NFC is the tight end division du jour with all of the smashers coming out of the NFC this week, including my guy, TJ Hawkinson. So my Viking skull excitement aside, going to those Detroit Lions, Jared Goff continues his late season tear. Last four weeks, 340 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 330 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Little bit of a lull, 252 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Last week, 355 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been awesome. No touchdowns over the last four weeks. And quick math, he is nine, or sorry, no interceptions and nine touchdowns with only one game sub 330 passing yards. Starting to get weapons in this offense. 
he might be there a little longer than I think people expected Goff to in Detroit. Now, their running backs, doesn't matter. I'm not even going to read snaps or tell you their names anymore. Total, they accounted for 12 carries for 24 scoreless yards, three catches for 16 scoreless yards. That's total. That was every running back. It's it's disgusting. So who caught those three touchdowns? Running backs didn't score any. Jared Goff threw three. Well, tight end four overall, Shane Zilstra, who caught five catches for 26 yards and three touchdowns and is sneakily seeing more snaps week over week. His last four weeks, 30% snaps, 33% snaps, 37% snaps, 44% snaps. The 26-year-old went undrafted in 2021 out of someplace <laughs> called a Minnesota State Moorhead. He, of course, was signed by the Minnesota Vikings because that's what they do and subsequently released. But college stats, John, 227 receptions, 4,297 yards, and 54 touchdowns at wherever Minnesota State Moorhead. I'm going to assume it's in Moorhead, Minnesota. But <laughs> he, detective skills are unmatched. I listen, unparalleled. I know it. But ah, you know, people wanted to be James Mitchell or Brock Wright. It looks like it's going to be Shane Zilstra, at least for the interim. And I think you could do worse than firing him up in your championships if you were bereft at the tight end position. I, I am going to say this. They face the – who do they face? Where are they at? I thought I saw it. Oh, they're home against the Bears. Yes. Yes, please. I think we could be running back Shane Zilstra. Moving from that, which I don't know how to transition from that to the Green Bay Packers, but the seven and eight Green Bay Packers are still alive in the real NFL playoffs. And what does that mean? Well, it means that they clearly are limiting Aaron Jones. That's that's what it means. 38% snaps for Aaron Jones. Meanwhile, A.J. Dillon played 58% of snaps. And Patrick Star Taylor played 8% of snaps. I just I don't get it. Aaron Jones, one productive run at the end of the game when they needed him, but Dillon's the one who scored the touchdown. It's just strange usage. You know, now we're on Twitter where his brother's asking why they're not using him anymore and random Twitter doctors and Green Bay Packer insiders apparently are saying it's because he's been hurt. And I'm like, this is his brother, idiots. You don't think he would know if, if, if Aaron Jones was actually hurt or not? So, Can you play him next week? What If you're in a championship How'd with you him. advance? <laughs> by, by 0.38 fucking points, that's how <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it. Yes. I, I think you have to against the Vikings. Would be my assumption. I wouldn't feel good about it, but I'm just kind of looking back and wanting to see. What Here's the he thing: did. if you think if you think of this whole year as a whole, and what a fucking goofy disaster it's been usage wise for multiple players. What what narrative? What would fit the narrative more? That he doesn't get used the first several weeks of the playoffs, people get sick of him, and now in the championship they go, "Ah, I got to bench this guy," and he explodes. Or they do what they've been doing all year, and then they lean on Dylan like they have the last couple weeks, and they continue that. It's it's the first option. It's him exploding for a thirty carry game. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy. I'm just looking back. Darren uh, Aaron Jones hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since November 13th against Dallas. He's had, he's had 17 carries in the other four weeks, 12, 12, 9, and 6. So he's been limited. I mean, I know he still gets it in the passing game, but, I mean, the weather's getting cold. Yeah, they're leaning more on Dylan in, in these games. And you know they want to stay run-based. They want to control the clock. They want to minimize possessions. Oh, it's rough. Um, but from them to the wide receivers, Christian Watson played 38% of snaps. 
I think he got hurt in the game, but he was on the sideline. And Romeo Dubs plays 61% of snaps. Well, I only bring up Romeo Dubs, both rookies, you know, just comparing the two. Well, the last two weeks combined after Christian Watson literally broke fantasy football for a period of like four weeks. Christian Watson has 10 catches for 94 score, 97 scoreless yards. In that same period of time, Romeo Dubs has eight catches for 91 scoreless yards. So there is very little difference between Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs the last two weeks from a fantasy football perspective. Just thought I should throw that out there. And lastly, the Chicago Bears. Nothing else matters except getting Justin Fields through the rest of the season healthy. I I I, I don't care if he plays again this year. I, as a as a Justin Fields dynasty owner in a number of spots. Yeah, I don't know why they don't bench him. Well, yeah, I mean, he he wants to play. He's still playing. I mean, they pulled him late in this game for Nathan Peterman, who played five snaps and somehow still threw an interception. It's it's crazy how, how it's just flawless Nathan Peterman is with his ability to throw picks. But they do go indoors <laughs> to play against the Lions. So points could be had for Justin Fields in this. There's a there's a game total of 52 points. So I'm assuming Vegas is assuming Justin Fields plays and he really could help people win fantasy championships. I just don't want him to get hurt. He's already got a torn labrum in his shoulder. But from him, the only other person to note is playoff Monty, just cobbling it together. 16 for 62 rushing, 4 for 22 receiving, 12.4 PPR points. Didn't totally dodge you out again. Just getting it done, 20 touches. Against my better judgment, I still don't think he's going to be their running back next year. I'm excited to see who they're going to peer pair Justin Fields with in that run-based Chicago Bears attack. But that is my NFC North. So closing on a whimper for me, AFC South. Oh, and for you, both of our South sucks. South, so South sucks. This worked out perfectly. <laughs> uh, Tennessee started Malik Willis, who I think we are talking before he started recording, uh, does not pass the eyeball or the box score test. That guy apparently is hot garbage. Um, so cannot trust him going forward. Any of the stats don't matter because he's, out there do, doing his thing and stinking. Hooper out snapped Chicken Congo at tight end, 49 to 46. Uh, Swaim right behind him at 39. Wide receivers that went Woods, Burks, and Westbrook. Uh, snap, snap count order. But again, with Willis, you're not playing any of these guys with any level of confidence, especially to win a championship. Jacksonville Jaguars suddenly an ascending team currently hosting a playoff game. Uh, ATN and hasty had a 70, 25% snip sp- split out of the backfield. Christian Kirk, 81% Zay Jones, 79 Marvin Jones, a distant third at 43%. So it's kind of, kind of see what this offense looks like. It's Kirk and Zay at wide receiver with ATN in the backfield and Ingram is their tight end. So pretty, pretty clean cut. Do like to see that. You could play all those guys, I think, uh, this week in, in the rest of the playoffs. Indianapolis played last night. Don't have their snap numbers yet. <laughs> Nick, Big Dick Nick got his start. No touchdowns, three picks. Uh, I listened to most of it on the radio, was not able to watch it, but sounds like he played like shit. Uh, Zach Moss, oh, only 12 carries out of the backfield for 65 yards. Um, seems to be the preferred running back for the rest of the Regular season, Deion Jackson, three targets, three receptions for nine. Could be worth a stash, kind of as the PPR backup guy that we've seen them use in Indy, but obviously coaching changes on the horizon, quarterback change. 
none of that means anything with Taylor coming back because you don't know what kind of scheme they're going to have and who they're going to have in place. But Moss is auditioning to be the backup for next year. Jackson, their change of pace guy, worth keeping an eye on a year from now. But again, until the, the coaching and quarterback pictures are cleared up, it's hard to know who's actually usable. And last and certainly least, flying through this depressing South, Davis Mills, uh, Jeff Driscoll split at quarterback 78 and 19% respectively. Disgusting. Uh, Royce Freeman, 55% out of the backfield. Dare Ugenboale, 28%. And Rex Burke had 16. All stink. Uh, it's going to be Pierce's backfield a year from now with whatever quarterback they take uh, in the top two, depending on what they do in this next week and what the Bears do. <clears throat> and wide receiver. Chris Moore leading the way, 91% snapshot, even with Cooks back at 76%. Philip Dorsett, a distant three at 58%. And Amari Rogers, somebody I've talked up the last few weeks, like auditioning, could be their slot guy going forward. We both kind of liked him coming out. He fell off a fucking, fell off the map completely. Only 21% after, I think, three or four weeks of uh, 50, 60% snapshot. So they must not like him that much. Uh, that experiment has ended, but. That's it for the terrible AFC South. Now to your terrible South. Yeah, you ripped through it. Deion Jackson supposedly like fumbled the week prior. I read. I was listening. I was watching the game, and something about you know explains his limited usage. Obviously, Jeff Saturday prefers Zach Moss over the far more explosive Deion Jackson. So, I, as a player, I like better, but clearly Jeff Saturday doesn't. And then Nick Foles, I'm pretty sure got sacked seven times as well on top of those three interceptions. So it was a massive week for the Chargers defense um, and then for the Jaguars before we go to my terrible did Trevor Lawrence officially retire Zach Wilson in their game is that is that yeah. going to be the is that going to be the story of, sure. of week 16 the Thursday night special where Chris Strebler ended up taking over for Zach Wilson who's now on the inactive list Ugh, picks one and two in the draft couldn't be further apart all right now now to my south, which is worse than your south, I I truly do believe it. Oh yeah, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers found a way to win in overtime to go to seven and eight, controlling their own destiny. If they beat the Panthers this week, they win the NFC South and will host a playoff game in Tampa this year. Leonard Fournette played sixty percent of snaps. Workhorse, twenty oh, carries. 72 yards, nine catches, 90 yards, had one huge catch and run in the game to kind of, you know, get that offense going. Meanwhile, our guy Rashad White limited to 36% of snaps, seven carries for 36 yards, another four catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. He he scored the touchdown on the, on, I think on the series that Leonard Fournette had a huge catch and run on. So yes. both startable at this point in time and against the Cardinals or sorry, against the Panthers who are going to want to run the ball. I think are again, both startable in your fantasy championships. Mike Evans, just as an update, still has not scored since week four versus the Kansas city chiefs. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin is averaging 9.7 targets per game, which is good for wide receiver four overall on a per game basis. He just gets peppered. With targets like Keenan Allen does. And these are two of my favorite receivers. Volume hogs. So keep firing up Godwin. Keep sitting Mike Evans. From them to the aforementioned Panthers, who I guess can still win the NFC South as well. If they beat the Bucks and then some, you know, they win and Bucks lose the following week. I guess that's a that's a reality. Sam Darnold is three and one as a starter with wins over the Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. 
I, I know Denver's a dumpster fire, but Seattle had, was was being discussed as a playoff team. I think they were up until <laughs> like a week ago, and Detroit uh, is also an ascending team. So not like the easiest. And and you mentioned Denver's got a good defense. Sam Darnold's putting it together uh, for the Carolina Panthers. And it's largely been based on the run game. Chuba Hubbard played 46% of snaps, while Dante Foreman played 44% of snaps. Their rushing stat line, Chuba Hubbard had 12 carries for 125 scoreless yards. Dante Foreman had 21 carries for 165 yards and a touchdown. That is just massive production. 290 rushing yards between the two of them is how they want to win. But also feeding DJ Moore. DJ Moore the last two weeks, 5 for 73 and a touchdown, 5 for 83 and a touchdown. Trends? Is DJ Moore going to go five for 93 in a touchdown against Tampa Bay? Mm. He just might, but it's straight down the middle. It says running backs in plus matchups and DJ Moore. And I don't think Tampa Bay is running away with this game. They don't run away from anyone. So we're going to see a lot of touches for Chubin Foreman and then DJ Moore getting the ball as well. Then to the Atlanta Falcons, the also Six and nine Atlanta Falcons, who are a four point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals at home this week. I don't, oh my God, it's just this is this is this is real life. Me, so Tyler Algier, 59% of snaps, 18 carries for 74 scoreless yards, but also had four receptions for 43 yards. He just might be their back next year. I mean, he they could always invest capital in someone else, but this is the type of running back that. Arthur Smith likes. It's just a big bruiser who can handle the load. Meanwhile, our boy locked in. Yeah, I think he's locked yeah, in. Yeah, why commit to anyone? I mean, I'm sure they'll put some day three capital on someone, right? Because Cordero Patterson is aging. He's now been downgraded to 37% of snaps. So he carries only 17 yards, one catch for 14 yards, not startable anymore. But yeah, I think Algier has the inside track in this offense, whether it be with, uh, Desmond Ritter under center or someone else, but they've won too many games to really have a premium pick in next year's draft already. So even if they bottom out at six and 11, they're not probably not in the top five, but what that early pick looks like. Yeah, they did Drake London in two games with Desmond Ritter, which I know is also without Kyle Pitts, but still two Desmond Ritter starts Drake London saw 11 targets for seven catches and 70 yards and nine targets for seven catches and 96 yards. He's getting fed 20 targets, 14 catches, 166 yards over the last two weeks. No touchdowns, but still volume you will take from a young receiver. And then last, and what will continue to be least, New Orleans Saints, who are going to lose again this week to my Philadelphia Eagles, even though they didn't lose this past week because the Browns stink. But 5-10, and 10, New Orleans Saints. Andy Dalton threw for 92 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And the Saints won. Just comically bad. Kamara, 20 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown. Also had two receptions for 33, 34 yards. He had 24 touches on 38 snaps. I'm really starting to look into this, you know, touch production. There's a lot of these guys, they might not be seeing the snaps, but when they're on the field, they are getting the ball, which is what good teams should do with their best players. Adam Troutman, 40 snaps, outsnapped Jawan Johnson, 27 snaps. Jawan Johnson, who had been like a fantasy streamer tight end over the last several weeks, totally disappeared in this negative game script. But who didn't? Taysom Hill. Nine carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Everyone on Twitter was just clamoring to start him. I was leaning against it like, come on, guys. Like, we can't keep doing this. What's he do? 56 on the touchdown rushing. Didn't do shit receiving. 
got you there as a running tight end slash quarterback <laughs> and produced what will be a tight end one stat line uh, on the week with uh, 11.6 fantasy points. So it's, I'll be damned. You really still can win the ball with a rush run based offense in, in today's NFL and the saints proved it. So that is my South. Ugh. I, I, so Closing on a whimper with, with the, the dueling Souths, which we should never – well, we like doing that, but <laughs> sucks, sucks a little energy out of the room. But uh, I have nobody for waivers. I mean, there's no one you're going to pick up. There were no significant injuries. Uh, you know, super flex, I, I guess you could go for the Miami backup if Tua misses sometime. But I, there, there's, there's to me, there's no one worth picking up that's going to get you over – the finish line for a fantasy championship. Uh, a few names worth picking up. We'd mentioned for dynasty, but Khalil Shakir, you mentioned Zane Zilstra, Trenton Irwin, uh, Zach Moss. If you're feeling like a handcuff to, to Taylor and Dion Jackson, who I kind of like as a PPR guy. And I had mentioned Amari Rogers a couple weeks ago, even though now I'm a little down on him, but those are the only guys that kind of stick out to me is, is dynasty stashes. There's a few more like Chiga Conco, who I think, over this season has been picked up pretty much everywhere in dynasty, but that's it. Maybe Freddie, uh, Freddie Swaim I had mentioned in, in Denver, if they keep him going forward, but the, the, the cupboard is bare for redraft and for dynasty. It's just a lot of cross your fingers and hope guys. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds as my running back. You were mentioning he got an extended look in this their blowout loss. Well, I think they're going to give him an extended look again to see what they have. Six for 31 rushing, two for 22 receiving. Um, you know, w- what do you have in Latavius Murray? I mean, he's not going to be back next year. Neither probably will Marlon Mack. So I could see some more work going to Chase Edmonds, and they are going to get boat raced by the Chiefs. So Edmonds could see some work as a pass catching back in that game. I mentioned Greg Dortch. Earlier, they're at the Falcons, where I said they're, they're they're projected to lose that game to Atlanta. When he plays, he slays, John. 19 catches for 202 <laughs> toilet yards the last two games with double-digit snaps. And he opened a season, which a lot of people forget, with a 7 for 63, 4 for 55 and a touchdown, and 9 for 80 first three weeks of the season while Rondell Moore was hurt. This dude has been productive every single time he plays heavy snaps. And then I was going to say Paris Campbell, and I wrote check the Monday night football game. Well, if Nick Foles starts, all bets are off. Uh, I thought he would would target Paris Campbell more than he did. All he did was target the Los Angeles Chargers in that game. So (laughs) we're just going to strike that on tight end. We Shane Zelstra, I already said it, plays versus the Bears. If you're still alive and tight end's killing you, you could do worse than Sugar Shane. He's been getting increasing snaps the last several weeks, and that offense is wide open with all those playmakers um, at wide receiver. And then Evan Ingram, the last three games, 11 for 162 and two, eight for 62 and no touchdown, seven for 113 and zero. Evan Ingram made the right business decision going to Jacksonville with Doug Peterson. I said it when he went there saying Doug Peterson will make this guy a star. He loves the tight end position. Hopefully he signs a long-term deal to stay with Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He has been a monster the last three weeks. And then lastly, saving the quarterback for last. If Carson Wentz is in fact named a starter this week versus the Browns, I think you could do worse than streaming Carson Wentz. If in fact you lost a Tua Tungavailoa in your super flex leagues, and let's just put the cherry on this fantasy football season, John. B. 
Bills at Bengals is the Monday night football game this week. How many fantasy finishes are going to be swung by the caliber of players in that game? You know, you know where my mind goes. I, I look oh, for a shitty game. I'm looking yeah. for a stinker. We're going 21, 24. Get your kickers mm. fired up. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, you would, you would, because just think about it. We got two quarterbacks, multiple receivers, running, four backs. running backs. Yeah. 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 Four, yeah. Yeah. Oh, P. Ryan. Yeah, he counts. Yeah, they use them. <laughs> tons of value there. Not really any tight ends. I mean, I like Dawson Knox, and even if Hurst comes back, you're not playing him. But there's a lot of fantasy firepower. Leagues are going to be won and lost on Monday Night Football this year, and that's that's what you want. Yeah, Mitchell Wilcox season in in, in full display for everyone. Yep, him <laughs> and Trent Irwin. <sighs> Here we go. That yep. that's how it ends. They explode. Yeah, and Sky mm-hmm. and Sky Moore goes off. Yeah, and then who on the Bills is going to get you there? It's going to be Khalil Shakir and uh, and James uh, Cook, Naheem Hines. What a world! Got a step lower. All right, so that should do it. Week sixteen in the books. Week seventeen again. If you're playing week eighteen. You're a, you're a true degenerate, but thank you for listening. But we are taking the week off, and then we'll be back following week week 18 to get you ready for NFL fantasy. NFL playoff fantasy leagues? We got to get this. We'll get it right to guys. Yeah. Bye. bye. We won't, but that's part of the, the fun is butchering the charms and words here. But that'll do it for us. Thanks for hanging with us this NFL uh, and fantasy season, myself, John Abari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Go secure the bag. Out! Zach Wilson. <laughs> when we do this, sometimes I just write notes when I'm just listening to names. Sometimes it's just circles. I wrote the word gross down several times. <laughs> yeah. Flat ugly. Like, ugh, yuck. Well, all right, sir. Enjoy that week off, and then uh, we'll figure out a time after that. We'll connect in the New Year, sir. Yes. Oh, yeah, shit. Happy New Year. No, brother, you too. Talk, talk to you next year. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hit end up later. Got that, got that gem of <laughs>
too much coffee in the cup. <laughs> I missed the <laughs> dip. <laughs> Full like <clears throat> right back into the cup. Yeah. 